Okay. Well, if I would have pressed record an hour ago, we would have already had our podcast episode. <laughs> right. And we would have, you would have had to it. You would have had to title it. Uh, <laughs> a flow of thoughts on anything and everything. Right. <laughs> oh yes. my god. Exactly. We should start recording our conversations. I think we'd had we've we we would have content for ages. 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 <laughs> oh, thank you for joining me here for the Heart to Heart with the Earth podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. You have a number of things going on right now and the fact that you prioritize this for this afternoon is something that I don't take for granted so thank you and welcome well I would like to extend my appreciation and gratitude for the invitation and also to let you know that I am delighted to be here <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we are here to speak of all things having to do with plants and how they take care of us and how we interact with them and the role that they have in our lives. And um, as we get into that space, you know, within that context, when you hear, you know, the phrase, heart to heart with the earth what does that mean for you mm. wow i probably would have a different and uh, maybe a little bit more challenging time answering that um just a year ago um and i think having a regular meditation practice and a regular nature practice and a regular awareness practice uh, makes this answer uh, feel so present right now. So that means that heart to heart with the earth is something that I've had to constantly deepen an understanding about what exactly does that mean? Because I don't remember a time where I didn't love the earth. I don't ever remember a time where I didn't love being in the ocean or hiking or gardening. I guess there was never a time that that didn't exist. But what exists now for me now is a communication and a, I will say an embodiment of this love. And when I'm pouring love into the earth and my awareness of my unity with the earth, then I, that's when I feel the heart to heart with the earth. And I guess what I mean by that is if you've ever been out on a walk and you see the smallest thing that you, like how did you spot not stepping on that ant? And it's, it's, it's not just the fact that I'm seeing the smallest things, but I'm feeling 
and sensing everything and my and my um, my place in it. And part of my practice, part of my own personal practice is is reminding myself that to be a part of being a part of the earth, right? Sounds really like, well, what is what does that mean? Right? Like you're kind of just on top of it and you're human and you're doing your thing, but being a part of it, I will sit under a tree and introduce myself mm-hmm. and I will let this body, the air that comes out of my mouth, the sounds that come out of my mouth, the sounds that come into my ears, just be with that and hear see what I hear. Just me and the tree. Everybody else is there, right? <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the ground that I'm sitting on, everybody else is there, but there is a very intentional, like, oh, I walk by you every day and I'm here and this is what I'm called in my human name, but I'm also just, you know, composting. <laughs> <laughs> so that is really, um, um, that is really brought to answer that question, that is what I feel is, is, is my heart to heart with the earth mm-hmm. is, is not, yeah, I want to talk about more about what it is and than what it isn't. It is, it is that. It's like you being receptive mm-hmm. to, to that which wants to reach out to you. You know, like you mentioned, like this little ant on your way. How did you spot it? Well, there was something that pulled you towards spotting mm-hmm. that. And then, um, so like receptivity and friendship, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. like interacting with the tree in a spirit of friendship, like introducing yourself and then coming into this dialogue through breathing, Mm-hmm. Um, offering your breath, receiving the breath from the tree, and yeah, breath to breath, heart to heart. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How how does this uh, how does this show up in um, in the way you eat, or when did you first? start to have this experience, you know, when I know you, you decided to, um, to embark on this plant-based journey quite young in your life. How, how did that relate to like heart to heart with the earth, or at least looking back on it, how did that show up for you? Well, I will say that, <clears throat> You know, memories are tricky, mm-hmm. um, and they're informative. But at one would one would have to question what you're trying to inform yourself with. So I kind of put myself through that exercise often. Why am I remembering this or choosing to remember this, and what am I what am I doing with this memory? And I feel like, you know, when I think about the choice not to eat animals 
I didn't say I wanted to eat plants. I said, I don't mm-hmm. want to eat animals. Mm-hmm. So my first step into that was from a compassionate love of animals step. It wasn't a health reason. It wasn't because I knew that chickens were in cages. It wasn't, it was, it was a love of this living thing. And I know that I knew that it was living, Mm -hmm. right? I may not have been able to articulate, but I knew. And so with that happening so early on in my life, so I was, you know, less than 10, Mm-hmm. when that started happening, when I became aware of that. So it was never easy to look. It was, I could never be in a grocery store and see a packaged um, hamburger and not know that it was a cow, mm-hmm. right? And that's a different, you know, that's a, that's a power for me. It's always been a powerful pull to life, to being aware of what is what is life? What is the, the movement of life constantly? You know, and when I got out of my way of being after life and, and began to be more in life, <laughs> things started to shift. So the, the ethics and the morals and all the information started to come. And I realized, oh, okay, there's, you know, there's a capacity for us to trick ourselves that things aren't happening. There's a capacity to, to, to hang out in memories in a certain way, to feel a certain way and start to mm-hmm. notice you're doing that. So it, it, you know, so much of it comes, is, it come, came to me from spirit. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. told. Mm-hmm. It came from spirit. And I just let that be. Right. Um, and I, and I realized when, when I, when I let, when I let that be you, I make different choices and I can, I can, I can understand, uh, our idea of death, but suffering, I cannot, I cannot, I can, I can, I just can't. And so that's a, um, just a reminded how I reminded myself that for a long time, I thought (laughs) when I started studying Buddhism and one of the first things that I remember was life is suffering, right? Mm -hmm. But that is not what the Buddha said. He said life in life, there is suffering, Mm -hmm. not it is suffering. And to make that this very, very different. And it was a slow realization now and and actually kind of painful realization because i fought right i fought against suffering right and and it made it fought it in a way of like well why why should we be here if we're going to suffer right like that was a good not such a great starting point but (laughs) (laughs) it was certainly it was certainly informative well once i understood the that there is suffering in this, the degree at which we suffer and how we suffer is totally um, manageable and uh, there's the ability to transcend it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. 
so when I look at animals, I, 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 I think of it in that way. Um, and, and also that feeling that connectivity, right? So, or interrelatedness, right? So if I eat animal, the interrelatedness to that, the suffering of that animal, I feel when I'm suffering too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like bringing in the suffering into your body, into your experience as well mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, so it's literally like the heart to heart coming through Mm -hmm. the heart of the animal Mm -hmm. coming into your heart in that way so given that you were so young and and there were likely other people making decisions about your food Mm. what was that experience like um yeah what was the reaction of others in your in your household when you started to um to Um. make these choices yeah, right. So I have a come from a very large family, and Thanksgiving was the occasion that we all come came together. And so my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, would have Thanksgiving at her house every year. Mm. And there were all the stuff, right? Turkey, ham, beef, everything. It's all there. And um you know, I, I, I'm not mad at people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at people for not understanding or for not making the same choices. I, I'm just not. What really, what was really, mm, I, I don't know, what was really kind of painful that I carried around for a long time was the lack of respect for my choice. Mm-hmm. and the the overriding of my choice. Oh, just eat it anyway, mm-hmm. right? It's just one time, it's Thanksgiving. You know, oh, celebrate, right? And so, I mean, that's really interesting to look at, right? To, to, to look at mm, celebration, um, to feel good when, right? Like you're celebrating, this is something you celebrate, and I didn't feel good about, I don't feel good about eating a turkey. That's not a celebration to me. And so there wasn't a tremendous amount of support or I'm going to say there wasn't a tremendous amount of care. It was just like, you don't want to eat it, don't eat it. You do starve. But there was my grandmother. And my grandmother would make, uh, she used to make lumpia, a Filipino um, it's like an egg roll, right? Mm. And she would make, she would make vegetarian ones for me. Well, they Aww. were vegan. But she would make a whole batch of those for me. <laughs> and she was the one, the one mm. person. Mm. And that's the memory that I hold. Right? That's the memory that I hold. So, um, and then along the way with friends, you go through, because I studied cooking and I've been in, you know, lots of kitchens working for all types of people and people, I said, you know, we, we, we just, we make choices for a lot of different reasons, right? Health, you know, beauty, uh, culture, right? And very rarely, ethics right mm-hmm. so 
I, you know, I, I had to reconcile with that. Um, and that, I guess that comes with this sort of wanting to be unconditional about how I um, allow people, just wanting people to be who and what they are and wherever they are on their journey. So and in the you, same way that I felt disrespected, I wanted to make sure that I respected where mm, they were at mm, on their journey. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a challenging one, right? Because, um, like, on the one hand, you want to respect them just like you want to be respected. On the other hand, it's like there's the life of these animals at stake. It's kind mm-hmm. of like an extra layer of challenge to deal with. So when you first uh, started to cook, um, did you, was the only cooking that you did uh, vegan, plant-based, or or were you in situations where you were cooking uh, as well? Yes, I was. um, I was in, I was in situations where I was cooking meat. And I had to learn how to, or I made a choice at that time, a little less aware or conscious than I am at the moment. But again, that's, you know, when, when, when certain things arrive for us as individuals, it's just so subtle and so different, right? It's just, it's just very subtle. So when I was making those choices to learn the best way to, you know, cut a fish or slice of this or filet mignon or something like that, you know, that was interesting to me and it, and it felt like it would, it would um, elevate my career and it would be a skill, a skill that I, you know, could master, which I could because I could master anything. Mm-hmm. And once I recognized that I could, that I could combine my ability to master certain things that I desired with my ethical choices and my moral choices. And I realized, oh, there's a little bridge that has to happen. Yeah. And so I need to take my time in allowing that bridge to happen. Um, and that's, that's what happened, right? So even like I would have <laughs> people that, in fact, I, I, I cooked for Condra Rinpoche when she first came and did a Western, her Western tour of the United States. And so she came through uh, Berkeley and I cooked for her, and um, she loved rack of lamb. <laughs> and I got a reputation for making the best rack of lamb on the planet. Now, I've never eaten lamb in my life. And I, so, again, I'm working energetically again. Mm. And it was like I just trust, like I, I would just touch it. I don't even know what perfectly cooked lamb is meant to be. It's whatever we've decided it is, but whatever that means. So, (laughs) you know, so touch it, salt, you know, uh, everything was completely decided energetically. Oh my goodness. Wow. And every time that I had the opportunity to cook for Limpache, the lamb came up and I, you know, on some level you recognize that, 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 there's a lot going on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot going on here. And so it was only several years later that I made the decision that I wouldn't, now I would no longer participate 
in that, mm-hmm. right? I just won't participate in it. But it was probably um, also like a time in history when those animals actually did provide a bridge for you mm-hmm, to become mm-hmm. a vegan chef. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 I imagine it would probably have been, you know, not much of an option, if any, to become a vegan chef at that time. Yeah. Like, had, had you refused to fillet those fish or, or to, um, I, I mean, not only to refuse at that point, but also kind of gave you the opportunity to be in that world enough to know that it would be possible for you to still be a chef of that high mm-hmm. level of caliber mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. while cooking only plants. Yeah, right? So that it's, it's, uh, I see that, I see that. And I, and I, I, I feel like I always, I want to say, you know, the more you, uh, this expression is used often, but the more you awaken, to your presence here and you become aware of the many layers of it and the many layers that are happening uh, at the same time and how you're implicated in everything, mm-hmm. right? You can't take it all on at once. You have to allow right. for the, the natural flow of it, mm-hmm. not only individually, which is almost not really possible, but collectively, so what you're saying, right? So <laughs> at that time, collectively, that's not what, but maybe it was where I was. But I mean, mm-hmm. to, to really look at, at being a highly successful chef, you were, you knew, you know, everything that the butchers knew and the fishmongers knew, and mm-hmm. you, you know that, that's what made you an exceptional chef. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just don't measure success in that way at all anymore, but I did. And as I became, you know, as I, as I became more awakened to suffering and the reality of suffering and, and how do, to you know, alleviate it, right? Soften it, to deactivate it, mm-hmm. then things start to look different. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you were cooking that, like, rack of lamb your energetic focus was on love yeah tell me about that what was your focus on and well i'm going to use rinpoche for an example because that's where that story comes from right so Mm -hmm. uh, imagine i'm getting pulled in this this direction to study and i my desire to study Tibetan Buddhism was so deep and so profound. And uh, I was so at home in the hallways with monks or nuns or in the meditation halls with the sound of chanting and the smell of incense. I was so at home. Mm -hmm. The pull was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And still 
you know, and still is. But um, I was also young in the sense of just starting to have a career and looking out at the world and what, you know, all the exciting things that one could do in, in the world. And, and food had always called me too. And so I had these two things calling me. Right. So that I loved. And I didn't know what it was that I loved about food except for the the expression, the artistic expression, and then the the, the response from the person on the other end. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, most of the time it wasn't even for me. It was mostly for like like staring at somebody eating something that I made and just going <laughs> and watching their face. And they're like, like, like what did you do? Right? I, I just love that. And so the opportunity to cook for Rinpoche was that. It was like, are you kidding me? Right. What an honor. What a like amazing honor. Right. Because I, I, I doubted my my knowledge of Buddhism, right? Like mm-hmm. I well, was not the person that raised their hand that had a question because I doubted. I, I had, there was a lot of doubt there. But you put me in a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> And have me make a plate, I could stand there in front of Rinpoche and mm-hmm. zero doubt, right? So right. there was that. And that's the love. That was the mm-hmm. love. What a beautiful Absolute invitation love. to offer your yeah. gifts fully. Yeah. Like fully. unencumbered and, um, yeah, without... Um, yeah, without hesitation. Mm-hmm. 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 Right, and to Absolute be able to confidence. <laughs> yeah, and and for you to be able to like shift your perspective in that way, to mm-hmm. to connect and you know, and now realizing how that experience then enabled you to come into like confidence as a vegan chef as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well there you know again once the recognition of the implication of of us humans mm-hmm. um, it became a little bit clearer for me then I started to talk to plants then I started to listen to plants. Then I started to hear their offerings. Mm-hmm. It, there was a there was a time probably still believe this that, that plants created animals in order to spread seeds, mm-hmm. and in a, in a way as sort of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And so when when I started to to really allow that relationship to be uh, nurtured and heard, right? Just hearing the the offering from plants. Then another, you know, another layer gets peeled away. It's like, oh my gosh, okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Then, then there's like that coexisting relationship Mm -hmm. between you and the plants so it's like Mm -hmm. the plants are taking care of you then you 
taking care of them and by elevating their place
private clients. Private clients, right. I I only did the restaurant thing for a minute. I, I found that uh, I'll come back to the answer to the question, but I just want to tell you this. But when I when I ended up going private, I'd come back to the United States, and somebody said you you would be such a good person for this family that I I'm not going to take this job, but I think you would be a really good person. And I went to this family's house, and there are two young girls, husband and wife, and then their two daughters in San Francisco. And the daughters were sixth grade and eighth grade. And I just remember sitting in their living room, this, you know, massive, very wealthy family. And we're sitting in the living room. And uh, the youngest daughter said to me, I love your shoes. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't care what they want. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, I just want to hang out in the kitchen with this kid because you know Aww. they always come in the kitchen, right? And they always, everybody comes and hangs out in the kitchen. That's the place. And I just something like I wanted to, I wanted to hang out with this kid. So when I say lots of things are going on, like the, mm-hmm. there's that, right? right? There was my desire to communicate and be connected uh, with people on that. You know, and then there were other a lot of other things popping off that were going off like, okay, I'm a job, da, 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 da. So along the way, I developed really beautiful relationships because of my desire to to connect and, and be involved, more involved with the people that I was cooking for than just putting food on a plate and, you know, right. shimmering off somewhere. So when it came time to say no, when I made the decision to say no, I um, lost that, Aww. and that was insanely painful. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, it still is. We just three, maybe four years ago, maybe five years ago, um, there was a family that I would cook for, and I kept just kept making the exception. You know, because it was their culture and they really wanted this this dish. And so I just kept making exception and just kept feeling just sick to my stomach. Like my body was telling me that was an indicator. You know, like you're done. You you can't even do this. You can't even walk through the grocery store. I can't even can't even walk through the grocery store in our meat department. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love this family. Love them. They were my friends. I mean, mm-hmm. and when I said I can't, I, I just can't do this. I, no communication whatsoever beyond that. Oh. Oh, and this was like goodness. flowers would arrive on my birthday, phone calls on this day, you know, questions about, oh, I'm starting, you know, one of the, one of the daughters, oh, I'm starting this business. What do you think? But zero mm-hmm. communication. So, that's really hard. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it puts a, a compartment that I realize, you know, that I a compartment that that I don't want those compartments. I don't want a work compartment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I want to. I want. I don't. I just simply don't want to do that. And so the risk was saying no, or still saying no quite often, mm-hmm. and receiving and being receptive to what's waiting there 
that has probably always been waiting there. Right? So there's that. And, and it's interesting. It, it's like being confronted with that feeling of like not being respected again in this mm-hmm. new iteration. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But then you yeah. also kind of having shifted your priority in terms of extending you know, a new level of respect for the animals. Yes, right. Are you talking about the elephants? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get there, but in, in this... In the... <laughs> oh, I see, by not, by not even... Yeah. I'm not even energetically cooking them. <laughs> yeah, by by saying like, yes, I, you know, I respect you, family, and now like I must also respect these animals. Like I'm not going to be involved in 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 cooking them and in making them taste delicious, so your appetite for them will continue to increase. And right, <laughs> because I mean, you know, I think that in this transition that we are all being invited to make, which is to eat more vegetables, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to call it vegan or anything like that. But, but this invitation mm-hmm. that we are all, you know, like, I, I was laughing, the, the mayor of New York, you know, when, when he just uh, recently announced that the default menu on um, New York's public hospitals um, was going to be plant-based, you know, um, and this comes from his own personal experience of, of having become um, sick with diabetes. I don't remember which type of diabetes, but diabetes, and then like being in the hospital and being fed like all this atrocious food that was not supporting his healing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from that, you know, now the default menu at the New York public hospitals will be plant-based, but in his announcement, he just said, just please don't call it vegan. <laughs> so we're not going to call it vegan, but I think it's that- It's so interesting, right? It's so interesting. I, mean, I went through that. I went through that phase. I, I was like, no, 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 no vegan. Because it, it just, you know, again, it, it's, it's- <laughs> Yeah, people have have attached such a negative yeah. connotation, like, yeah. like some terrible sort of deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. such like the worst diet that you can imagine <laughs> like self-imposed right. you know that's going to take such great willpower because because it doesn't taste good because it makes you feel like a rabbit or like whatever the 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 connotations are but that's precisely why i think that chefs and you know plant-based chefs and not even just plant-based chefs but you know all chefs willing to put to make the plants the hero on the plate have mm-hmm. such a huge role to play in this transition that we are all being invited um, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. make, which mm-hmm. is to make plants the hero again on our plates mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our personal health and and for the health of, of the animals and for the health of the planet. I agree. Because to the extent that more chefs make dishes that we are like dying to eat, right, then then we will become more and more comfortable with 
kind of um, feeling like craving, craving that food and wanting it and ordering mm -hmm. it and then attempt to cook it in our own kitchens mm -hmm. and and make those options easily available for children, increase their palates um, mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Somebody today on Instagram asked a question. They said, do you think public schools should offer a vegan option every day for children? And my response to that was, I think that schools should make their, you know, if schools were to offer 100% organic, whole food, plant-based meals to children, what it would do is it would develop those palates in those children to create mm -hmm, those food. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, and we would see the, the repercussions of that tremendously in terms of health and, and uh, personal health and planetary health as well. And chefs will I have agree. a big role to play with it because this is not going to be about, you know, like awful salads being served to children. Right, right. I mean, we, we, we sort of entered this playground, you know, when, the, when organic food came on the scene, right? It, it, it's, it's, better, it's better for you. And so we're making this choice, okay, well, we got to go organic because we're starting to understand that the pesticides are doing some serious damage. And, right, but, it, but a lot of times it was just this, oh, no, 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 organic, forget it. It's just celery, let's just eat it, right? And I think that's kind of um, where we're at now. Um, there's there's this one thing that gets pushed up against a lot, of course, is the, the cognitive dissonance, right? So you have studies that can go that will show both sides, right? Like I have a friend and her husband absolutely insists, you know, he has to eat meat. He has to eat meat, otherwise he will be sick. And then I have another friend who was vegan for many, many years and was sick as a dog, went back to eating meat, perfect health. So what are we saying here? You know, like I said, my, my choice is, I feel fortunate in that, that I didn't have to have that kind of, because it, mine came from spirit. Mm -hmm. And so the choice was, choice was not, you know, I didn't have a battle about the choice, right? But when you start to put in the other components like health, the health of the human body and the health of the planet, you got to add that component to your spiritual choice, exactly. your ethical choice, and, and really ask yourself. But most, you know, most of us aren't really that willing to ask ourselves. Now, health, yes because we want to feel good physically and we consider feeling good physically is the thing. But if you don't feel good mentally, you know, it, it's, you're not fully there. Yeah. It's not going to so, be a sustainable choice. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, it's a hard one, but I think, you know, all of us play a role in terms of children, right? So, it's usually because you, uh, an adult will say yuck broccoli. I mean, right. really. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, children learn from the the others around them why they don't like stuff. Yeah. And then they start to, well, my grandmother hated, you know, this. And so, oh, yeah, we don't eat that. Right. So, it, it, again, it's this combination of mentality, mental, right, thinking, mm-hmm. and what actually what you're having the experience. So, again, slowing down to have the experience with children. And you have to put economics on the table, too, but for schools. But slowing down, I love to teach children to cook because they will eat anything they make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be purple. <laughs> it could be purple <laughs> and slimy. But they made it, right? So right. now they are having an experience. Mm-hmm. They are part of the experience. It's not me imposing onto them. Right. It's oh, their beautiful. experience. And that is beautiful. So, so how is that one of the main strategies that you use? Like when you, I, because now you're at the point where people come to you to help them transition into plant-based, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, you have to meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. right? So I always gauge where they're at. And if it's somebody, you know, if it's somebody that I've worked with already for years and they're ready and they're making the transition, I already know pretty much what, how they think about food and why they think about food, money-wise, cost-wise, ease, how easy is it to get, you know, do I have to get in the car and go to the store? Can I have it delivered? All these kinds of things play into the, into the factor. <laughs> How much time do I have five minutes to eat or seven minutes to cook? 30-minute meal, can I cook it in one pot? Do I have wow. to eat? Right? <laughs> so you have to meet people. You really, have, I really have to meet people with where they're at. And mm-hmm. so I do find that a direct relationship, the direct experience, the direct uh, experience is far more powerful. Mm-hmm. That the participation in in the creative process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like um, acquainting them with the vegetables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like befriending them before eating them. How somehow that infuses like more receptivity into the equation. Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, what What is like a common misconception that that you find that people have when they've decided to make the transition? Like, what aha moments have you witnessed them having? Oh, the protein conversation oh right <laughs> oh my gosh are we still doing that <laughs> are we still doing that <laughs> uh-huh. yeah that's that that you know that's like a uh many millions of dollars of campaign invested mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now we have to that we're still overcoming yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the biggest part, and it's still even in the in the plant based world. You know, we're we're still leading with the amount of grams of protein that something has, right? We're still leading with that. So it's still part of the conversation. But it, and again, that too is 
and so that people will go in that direction, right? Because they're going to be looking for that. And that's a good place to meet people. I'm, right. I personally, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you're there. I can meet, I can meet you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the mimicking, right? Something, well, I just want a good burger, right? So the mimicking. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when a person is in that place, you know, I'll go to the mimicking of that. Mm-hmm. But I eventually will move a person from the mimicry to a more relationship, mm-hmm. an actual relationship to your body, to what you think you, you, you think you like, and do you actually really like that? Or is it just sweet? Or is uh-huh. it just sour? Or is it just right? Like, but those right. are, that, there's more to that. Exactly. And also like um, increasing the vocabulary or like the, mm-hmm. the nuances around texture. Mm-hmm. Even like mm-hmm. noticing that is it the texture that you're craving? And it's like, oh, let's see how that is offered um, from the plant world. Right. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, dinner the other night uh, a couple of days before my birthday a friend took me to dinner at Ubuntu mm-hmm. and it's West African infused plant based and the the flavors and this is what I mean by in, in the, our participation in, in infusing and, 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 and embodying the experience a little bit more than that just that this tastes good, right? Mm-hmm. So there were so many different uh, spices, herbs that I could not recognize. And that made my body so excited. That I wasn't <laughs> deciding whether I liked it or not. It was a curiosity. Right. Yeah. And we are curious. That's so beautiful. It's kind of, yeah, that, that, that being able to sit in the curiosity and mm-hmm. like open yourself to the wonder and awe mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. of new spices and herbs, or maybe new ways of combining them or presenting mm-hmm. them, cooking mm-hmm. them, expressing them. It's like, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going to Ubuntu. Unfortunately, last oh time I was in LA, it was closed <laughs> because they're closed on Mondays. On Monday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what I have to make sure next beautiful. time I travel to LA, it won't be on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. And with a you know, wonderful, curious friend, only amplified it, right? So that's also part of the experience. You can... You, the curiosity that you bring to it and, and an, another willing person right, that's equally uh, just adds to it. Right. It's like, you know, in a way it's like a museum, the, the, the value that a museum curator brings in kind of mm-hmm. like helping you appreciate the work of art even more. Like it, it, it's almost like an awakening of the senses yeah in, yeah right and so um i feel like that's another big role of chefs right now is is to be the curators um of 
helping us rediscover this relationship um, that is very plant forward in our eating. I love it. <laughs> oh I goodness. love it. I really do. I feel, I feel more um, uh, inspired. Like I did go through a, a, a period of time where I just didn't want, I mean, I wanted to cook for myself. I often only eat cooking for myself and eating by myself. Well, I'm eating with the plants, I guess. But um, I just didn't want to because I was, became aware of the distance that people have between themselves and food. Mm-hmm. And that was just disheartening. I was just like, oh, goodness, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. But now listening to what you just said about chefs bringing, reintroducing, right, this new, not new, but the, this, this you know, that's been here all along, that's ready to, to, to play with us too. Yeah, and I know that for you, just as important as what you're eating is how you're eating it. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Like your eating practice, your eating ritual, why that is so important to you. I mean, you know, you speak of like plating your dishes as like this really creating this work of art on the plate. So there's that, like the presentation, but then, you know, the way in which you are going to take that in. Why is that so important to you? And 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 what, how does that play out? when you eat? Um, it's funny. Somebody said to me, they're like, you even, you even like design your plates when you're just cooking for yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't just mm-hmm. like throw it in a bowl. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when it's just me, are you kidding me? Like I have a hundred thousand photographs of like one, oh. one plate and it's just for me. Mm. Um, because it's again it's it's being it's having first of all being being committed to having the experience and a joyful experience and that joy is generated by me right like I it, it will bounce back but I'm starting it it's, it's generated by me so if I give if I am looking and receiving the beauty that's there. And there's this exchange. And I love that. Like I used to, when I worked, when I was working so fast in kitchens before, you know, stand up, eat, shovel in and around. Oh, I was the best master that I'll ever have in my life. Really? How do you even know? Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, you just ate it so fast. Okay, so there's speed. And then there's deciding that it's the best because you use this product and this product, but mm. really you didn't have the experience. So again, once I began to slow down in life across the board, and really there's not that many things that we do per se, but eating is, is a necessity. So mm-hmm. I intentionally put a practice with that. And so not only being you know, the appreciation, which is, you know, the prayers that we have before meals and why that all makes sense is to reciprocate that appreciation 
and two, you know how good it feels when somebody really shows up, right? Mm -hmm. And they're their full self and they're giving you their love and their attention. That's what plants will do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They will show up. And I don't know all the plants. I would love to study botany more. But (laughs) they're you know, there probably is something, there's probably is a plant for every perceived ailment that we have. Right. Yeah. And if you allow that to show up, then you're going to have a beautiful experience. And isn't that what we want? We want these beautiful experiences. So I make sure, of course, is to have a, is to have a, you know, a, a silent prayer. I used to not cook with music. And now I do, but it, it's very uh, chosen music. It's it, mm-hmm. it's very particular music. It is music that I believe is um, uplifting, right? Mm-hmm. If it has words, they're words that are uplifting. They're not, I lost my lover today. You know, that's not, it doesn't go down <laughs> that path. You know, not those kind of sappy love songs. And it's just, and it's not going to do that because I know it doesn't make any sense. So, so now I cook with music, um, and it's it's uplifting music. Uh, again, in, in music that might incite curiosity, not something that I've heard so much that I know what's coming next. And and I make sure that that what I'm cooking appreci- knows that I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. and then I let myself like have the experience. Like really just taste it, taste the texture, or excuse me, feel the texture, taste it, you know, let it, let it, let it go down slowly. Take another bite in a minute, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's okay. You, have to, I know this, you don't have to. And that took a lot because like I said, I was used to just eating on the run, da, 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 da. maybe not eating, maybe not really bringing the body into the experience. Not just the tongue, but the entire body yeah. and the mind. So as a, I feel like as a result, I can, uh, I call myself an, intu- an intuitive eater. I, I, mm-hmm. I, if I go to the market, farmer's market, I just listen to my body, to my intuition, and it will lead me. And I may not have, even if I'm cooking for somebody else, like a few weeks ago, I did a last minute, really beautiful client that I have called me at the last minute and said, can you do this? There's going to be six of us, you know, I'm sorry, you know, it's so late. And, and it was really like it was a Monday and wanted it Tuesday. And uh, my love was like, yeah, are you kidding me? I love, but I have no idea what I'm going to make. <laughs> Right. And so that uh, that's a muscle that I've developed is to really listen to my body, listen to the earth, to listen to, you know, the weather. And you live in California, you have access to everything, mm-hmm. right? Or or let's say culture, right? I can say, I can say oh, well, we just want to go Italian. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. And it, and, it, and it works. I'm not saying anything negative about that. But there's something about intuition that brings, for me, that brings the experience to a higher level. Right. 
because you're like collaborating with spirit. Mm-hmm. You're including mm-hmm. spirit in that decision mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. you're going to move towards, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings us full circle in this conversation. Yeah. So that was the meal I was telling you about that I, I just, it was a beautiful flow and what would have seemed to be mistakes. And I might've, you know, in the past, you know, thrown it out and started over. I listened and there was just something that seemingly was going to go wrong. And I didn't think I had anything. And then I went into my little box and I found this spice. And then I was like, (laughs) Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, and the, mm. and the and the server comes back with completely like lit clean plates, and she says, "I'm telling you, like there is no better compliment. Like there is nothing to say about whatever you just did." Like, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, and so you mm-hmm. know. Amazing. It can work that way. It work whether you're doing it, you know, for yourself, which is even more fun, mm-hmm. right? To just do it, do it for yourself, and then when you're doing it for others. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, you did mention the elephants, and we're gonna have you back for a whole other episode all about <laughs> elephants. But maybe, maybe we can. Well, I have I have two like short little questions, but. Okay. But before that, we can end with, yeah, what, what, what was the bridge? What was the bridge from here, from like vegan, plant-based chef, helping others transition into their plant-based lifestyles? What was the transition from that into elephant conservation world? Mm, yeah, Um I, so there was that period where I was saying no a lot, right? No, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to work for you. And I can't, I don't want to do that. And it was never a question of what I wanted to do. I mean, the animals have all, had always been around. It was just maybe a little bit more intellectual was where do we go from here? There's just way too much suffering in the animal kingdom way too much suffering like I was just overwhelming amount of suffering so in the same way that I was desiring for more people to transition away from eating animals I was desiring more people to be aware of the suffering of animals and how and what what would be our next what what is the bridge to the new world or to the world that we're wanting to create now Hmm. and you know nature models a lot of things that's not fair but yeah and elephants the the life of elephants is just so phenomenal and when when you get past the not past but when you allow yourself to not be above any animal right Hmm. you're not above or better or more intelligent, or any of that. So we think we are. You could probably argue it in a lot of ways, but it, when you, I promise you, you just sit, you just sit, or you observe and turn that thing off, 
right? That thing that I know or I'm going to know or I'm going to study it and you're going to teach me and I'm going to relate it in terms of how it relates to human beings. If you can turn that off, you will see the, the, the satisfaction of this unity, the satisfaction of the wholeness of, of, of being. And elephants, they, it happens to me with chimpanzees and many other animals, but elephants, you know, <laughs> something about, you know, this, this, <laughs> this putting this thing in a little tiny crate for us to look at and adore and think, you know, how cool or when I bring little kids there and they can reach out to it and da da da. And, and then taking a bird's eye view of an elephant herd moving across, you know, the plains and moving across mm-hmm. the bush or something makes you feel something. And so my feeling was, okay, you guys want to do that again? I think I might have some um, play in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, you know, again, cooperative components just kept showing up, right? I would just meet people or someone would say something or I would go somewhere or get an invitation. Or, so I would just listen to those calls too. Mm-hmm. And it just, and the more I started to um, unify, the more uh, I just fell into that work, you know, the more I just kept staying on that path. It was very clearly, the path became very crystal clear. Maybe the how it would play out is not always clear, but the path is clear. The vision of the path is clear. Beautiful. Yeah. And and it's, it comes back to this idea of seeds also. It's like the step you take might seem completely disconnected with the previous but actually it flows from the previous and it's just so fascinating to me to see how all the all the different directions that lives can take and I love hearing this story of you know how all these threads flowed forward Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. to bring you where you are now um, amazing. So that's that's a great place, you know, to leave us. Um, is there anything else that you're that feels like it should be said at this point? Mm. Eat more plants. No. Um, Eat more plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing something too, you guys. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I think, you know, I, 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 I think, I think that's a good, I think it's a good conversation. I think it's, in, I think one of the things, if I could share anything about recognizing threads and how they're connected and is to, is to really encourage people to, um, chill out. I mean, meaning you know, there's the, like like when I was learning to cook, right? And when I teach people to cook, and then they cook something, and they say, "I, I never could have done this." And it's like, yes, you can. 
Mm-hmm. And so when I say chill out, it's like, you can, there's nothing that doesn't, you don't have to be a, you know, a five-star mission, five-star chef or three-star, whatever it is you can be, but you can just do it for the experience and, 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 and bask in the having had the experience because that's what life is giving us all these opportunities for experiences. Right. Right. I like, and know that that is built. in you as a human being. And it's of you, like I've heard that expression, and I kind of disagree, but I heard that expression, you know, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And my feeling is, no, life happens through you. Life happens through you if you allow it. And chilling out is a part of that process of allowing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I can't believe I just said that. Chill out. (laughs) Anything else to say? Yeah. Chill out. Oh my goodness. There is medicine in that word, in those words for sure. <laughs> oh. Before I let you go. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was gonna I was gonna thank you for, for allowing me to share in such a way. And I'm I'm happy that um that we know each other and I feel really comfortable um and at ease <laughs> in your presence. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I was just going to say, before I let you go, who else, um, you know, in this spirit of following the thread, Mm -hmm. right, from this conversation, who would you recommend that we interview for, or that we have a conversation with for her Heart to Heart with your podcast? Oh, here's what I would love exploration in so uh i might be a little biased here admittedly but um there's some cyclists and farmers and all around amazing community folks in georgia Mm. and yeah and um um i i i want to hear more of those stories, those women, those women farmers, and the, uh, I'm going to say the intersection between cycling in the South in, through certain areas, right, on, on certain land that um, has gone through several different um, iterations of people, types of people, mm-hmm. and where it is now. And these women, mostly women, but not all, are... Um, are um, bringing to light and, and finding pleasure and joy and knowledge, ancestral knowledge mm. there. I would like to hear those, those conversations. And I, because I've been told that um, from people in, the, in that group that, or that community that we don't see our stories. Uh, we don't see our stories. It's mm. getting close, but we still don't see our stories. You know, it. and there's a, Right, and I was like, "Yeah, right," because yes. it, it, it's just this, and it isn't even about a, a certain generation. It's not like they're millennials or they're. It's this uh, reclaiming 
remembering. Um, yeah, Apollo Island. Um, I wish I could tell you the names, but I'll I'll let you know exactly. But there's like four different communities I love it. that I could. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm looking forward so, to hearing those stories too and to being in that mm-hmm. conversation. And mm-hmm. oh, thank you so much. Thank you for this, for offering this thread, and thank you for following your heart at such an early age and deciding to follow it again and again and again in all these iterations and um yeah thank you for bringing so much beauty into this world i really appreciate you um so so much addison and uh i look forward to many more conversations with you Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to, to an elephant conversation. <laughs> yes. Coming soon. Stay coming tuned. Soon. Stay tuned. Okay. All right. All right, well, Natasha. Thank good, you so much again. Take good care, Addison. Ta-ta. Okay. Bye. Much love to you. <laughs>